0: Hey, welcome to Living the Liminal Show. I am Christy Peck, an intuitive life coach, a spiritual guide, and an author and writer. I've changed those titles so many times I have lost count. Titles and losing ourselves in those titles is limiting. There is more to what you see outside of you. And there is much more to what's on the inside of you. You are infinite wisdom and you have an inner intelligence that is simply genius. This show is about vulnerability to share our stories and the courage it requires to live in the present moment with mystical insight and wisdom. This life we are living will always bring us uncharted and unknown moments. You as infinite wisdom will sustain these lived experiences with fierce love and radical authenticity. Living consciously can be daunting in a world filled with so many distractions. This show is nourishment for the soul as we boldly and courageously live the liminal every day. Living the liminal has magical energy that can help us rise from the messy and conditioned aspects to security in our worth, safety in our compassion, and wildly capturing our truth. This is how we arrive at an uncensored peace, a true joy, and a sense of freedom to our own belonging. I am so glad you are here. Hi, welcome to Living the Liminal this week. I am Christy Peck. I am your host. It is just so, I am just just so happy to be here. I always feel like it's an honor to get a space and a time to just talk with you, to connect with you, to share some of the insights that I get. Um... And to share like stories, there's so much power in stories. There's so much confidence and bravery and strength that come out of sharing your story, sharing what happened, your vulnerability. It connects us. It it creates a community. And right now in the world that we live in, we need community more than we need so many other things. I mean, I'm even saying that. I'm saying maybe we need community more than we need coffee. And you know, if I'm saying that, holy smokes, we got a whole other conversation to be having. So I'm going to talk to you today about the F word. Now, you know, there's a lot of judgment around the F word. There's a lot of um, um, shame around the F word. Some people use the F word. Some people don't use the F word. Some people like the F word. Some people felt, find that it really empowers them. Some people find it's just more hilarious and funny to use the F word. Now, you're probably wondering what F word I'm talking about, right? So what comes to mind? Things like maybe family, forgiveness. Maybe it's something as easy as forgetting I mean, you know, we get older, we, we do tend to forget or we purposely forget because we don't want to remember. Maybe maybe you think I'm talking about fear or failure or or maybe something as, as funny, right? Funny as fierce or, or focus or foreseeing something or feeling or fire or faith or maybe even just the word fuck but I'm not. I'm here to talk about the F word. And the F word I'm talking about is facing. Facing yourself. Who you are. So I'm going to do this today in a little bit of a different way. A lot of times I kind of share my own story or I share a different story. And this day, I'm going to tell you a little fable, little story. So sit back, And think about the time when you just loved being read to, because I'm going to kind of share a story with you and talk it through. And the story I'm going to share is a fairy tale, The Three Little Pigs. So I'm sure you know this story, but just play along with me because there's so much insight and wisdom from fairy tales. And we don't often do this where we extract out the the insight and wisdom that can be um, shared and talked about through a fairy tale. So here's the fairy tale. Once upon a time, there was this mother pig and her three pigs. When it was time for the little pigs to live on their own, their mother told them, whatever you do, do the best you can. Now, I know as a mother, I'm constantly saying to my children, and especially as they get older and they're making these very wise, grounded decisions about their life, right? what college to go to, what's to study, what job to get, Um, lots of big decisions. So as a mother, you always want to say to your children that whatever you do, do the best you can. Now, what a lot of kids hear, okay, a lot of younger people hear is be happy. I sometimes even tell my kids, be you. Just whatever you do when you go out of this house or this family, be you. Make a decision that aligns with who you are trust who you are. Tell that to my kids a lot. Trust who you are right now. Trust the insight you're getting. Trust the feeling you're getting. So it's, it's the way the three little pigs carried on their life after what their mother told them is really no surprise. So the first little pig built a house out of straw. It was not very strong, but it was quick to build. And the little pig could spend more time playing. So he was happy. The second little pig built a house out of sticks. It wasn't very strong, but it was quick to build. And the little pig could spend more time and be happy. The third little pig built his house out of bricks. He remembered his mother's words and worked hard to build the house, the best house he could. The brick house was strong and sturdy. And the little pig was very pleased. Now, there's this perception. When you hear what someone else is saying, when you see an experience playing out in front of you, you make sense of it by way of your perception. So we all have different perceptions. We all hear what we want to hear, or we hear what aligns with us, what makes sense for us, what what maybe we don't want to hear, okay? So it can, the fact that all three pigs heard and carried out this mission of building a house in a different way is not something new. It happens to everybody because we have the ability to perceive and perceiving will always be individual. One day, a big bad wolf came upon the first little pig's house of straw and the wolf knocked at the door and said, little pig, little pig, let me in. And the little pig replied, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin. So the big bad wolf huffed and puffed and blew the house in and the little pig ran all the way to his brother's house of sticks. Now, we don't do something. We don't make a decision thinking, oh my gosh, I'm gonna make this decision and then something bad is gonna happen. It It just, that's not how we're wired. We make a decision and at the time it does feel okay. It feels like it does align and it feels like, okay, that's an okay decision. Now, the tricky part is sometimes we're making decisions and they're, they are what we call unconscious decisions. So we don't know what we don't know. Right. And a lot of younger people will say that you don't know what you don't know. And so you've got to get into a job. You've got to get into experience. And the first and second little pig stories are just that because the second little pig, his house of sticks, the big bad wolf came, threatened to tear it down and blow it down and sure enough, it happened and the little pig ran to the next brother's house. So we don't make decisions thinking something bad will happen. Now, some of us have been conditioned that we do make decisions out of fear. We think they're love, but they're really underlying, there's an underpinning of fear Because again, that is what's in our unconscious mind. We have a conscious mind and an unconscious mind. So here are now all these pigs and they're in this house of bricks. And I am sure the third pig is thinking, oh, my house is it. I spent so much time constructing this house, thinking about this house, really making it strong and sturdy. So because again, that was what went into his decision. So here comes the wolf again, threatening, I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down. And the, and the little pig says, mm, not by the hair of my chinny chin chin, come on in, try it. I mean, there's a lot of confidence in, in, in really both parts, the wolf and that third little pig. So the wolf tries and you know, the way the story goes, the wolf does not necessarily blow the house down because it's made of bricks and cement and it's, and it's it's got a good, hard, strong, sturdy foundation. Okay, so the little pigs get together and here comes the wolf down the chimney and the little pigs are like, ooh, we'll light a fire. And that burns the butt of the wolf and the wolf flies out of the house, never to be seen again. Okay, so let's kind of break this apart a little bit because it is kind of interesting. We all face one, who we are and how we decide. At some point in our life, we have to face our decisions and our choices and the consequences of our choices, right? So even just the other day, I I didn't really want to cook dinner and I didn't really feel like it. I was kind of being tired and lazy, like like people are. And so I was making excuses. I was like, oh well, we haven't eaten at this restaurant for a while. I really feel like t- eating this. And finally. My my daughter looked at me and she was like, you just are lazy and don't want to cook dinner. And I had to face the fact that that was really the truth. She was calling me out on it. And instead, I was trying to, you know, make it look like my decision was such in the best interest of everyone else, when really, it was just honestly in the best interest of me. I just did not want to cook dinner. So when we're facing who we are, okay, part of that is facing how we make our decisions and how we decide whether we are going to do something or whether we're not going to do something and why we're doing that. The other thing we're facing is we all have a wolf. There is a wolf in every part of our lives that comes knocking at our door, threatening to tear down the house. Now, everybody has a past experience or a conditioned experience in some way. I'm not talking about like, oh, you have a lot of trauma or you had, you know, a a toxic growing up years, or you were neglected or abandoned as a child. I'm not talking about necessarily those big things, but we all have conditioning. Okay. The teachers, when you were young and you started preschool or elementary school or wherever you went to school. Okay. I went to a Catholic school. I had conditioning there. And it wasn't that anyone was necessarily doing anything wrong. It's just that I was young and I was Perceiving the world in such a big way. So, I was really hyper focused on in those younger years the adults in my life, the the experiences in my life, the peers that I was going to school with, the things they were saying or maybe not saying. Um, Because I grew up in a Catholic school, we had priests and we had sisters, nuns, and they taught us. And then we had um, what they called lay people who were also teaching us. And so, all of those gave me conditioned experiences. And then you have a family where you have mom and dad and siblings and maybe step-siblings or step-families, and they condition you. And then you have grandparents and aunts and uncles, and maybe there's some conditioning there. Maybe someone said something to you and it kind of locked in your brain and you went to hide a part of you. And that's what's in your unconscious mind. So we all have these experiences that influenced us, right? Some of them we're aware of, and then we can make different decisions or operate from a different mindset or a different belief system. And some is locked in this unconscious mind and it influences how we behave and believe. So the first two pigs heard their mother say, Hmm, be happy. My dear children, enjoy your life. Every mother wants that, right? So they built their house and they went about and loved their life. They were enjoying every bit of their life. Now, What if we live by fear and there's very little joy and peace in our decisions? Okay. Because the first two pigs, they did not need any sort of like what we would call external validation to enjoy their life. They built this house, seemed to work fine. And then they're out enjoying their life. Joy, peace, and and the feeling of this freedom are really internal resources to sustain a conscious lifestyle. So that consciously you are knowing every decision you make and how you're making those decisions. The universe responds to fun, laughter, joy, play, and being happy. So, in the lives of the first two pigs, the universe is responding to them. They have this house, they were out playing. We could make some assumptions that they were enjoying their life and there was a lot of peace until the wolf comes. And again, we all have a wolf. We all have some sort of experience or person that, that um, kind of creates an electric charge in our body system or our physical body, okay, or in our mind. So good for, good for the first two pigs for choosing the simple life of happiness over maybe stress. Now, the third pig, <clears throat> the third pig seemed to be <clears throat> a little bit more contemplative. He was very hardworking, discerned his choices, and very determined to interpret his mother's words literally. Because if you remember, the mother's words were, Do the best you can. And so he built his house on a a very strong and sturdy. Now, in dream language, in, in symbolism, okay, the house or in the soul's language, okay, how your heart and soul interprets life, the house can be thought of as the self, and who you are internally, okay? Who you are as a mind, a body, a soul, a heart, okay? So houses can show up as our beliefs and they can help us sort of interpret our actions and behaviors, as well as our non-actions. What we don't do is equally important as what we choose to do. Because what we don't do is often part of a hidden part of us that we're not, we're not giving freedom to, and we're not giving, um, we're not allowing to have joy and peace. We're keeping it tight and hidden. And, and it's kind of in what we call the shadow. So what we do don't do is equally important to what we do. Now, the third pig seems to be of a very strong and sturdy foundation, Right. Quite possibly he maybe had some failures in his life and he learned from them. Maybe that's why he built the house of Brooks. And quite possibly he might've even had some fear, especially when the wolf came, but he felt it and he sort of embraced it. And quite possibly he has a faith that is a work in progress. So there might've been more to the, the third pig than we know of based upon just the fact that he thought through and used a process for discerning In order to make a choice now the third pig does seem a little unwavering in his determination and focus less on being happy joyful and playful and more on making sure he does the best he can it's not that one pig is better than the other it's just a we're witnessing we're observing these three pigs and how they they approach their choices and their decision-making, your heart and your soul only knows love, only knows love. So when a lesson, like by way of an experience or a relationship or an interaction with someone, okay, presents itself to you in your life, in your physical reality, and it maybe is not love. So maybe one or both parties recognize this is not really love. It means that the heart and soul are willingly being activated for learning and that learning will land you back to love because the heart and soul only know love and that is what they're here for. So you are, A Course in Miracles says you're either learning or you're loving. And when you think about every part of your life and you witness your life as if your life was playing out on a stage in front of you, that kind of makes sense that we're either in these loving places of being peaceful and calm and having joy and feeling very free, or we're in a situation where if we step back enough, we can see, "Hmm, I'm meant to be learning something here. I am meant to be extracting some kind of wisdom from this experience. And if I allow the experience to sort of play out again, as if it's on a stage in front of you, I bet I can get back to that loving place of peace and joy and freedom fairly quickly. So the first and second pig had a childlike vision and filled with play and happiness. I mean, they built their house quickly. They ran off and had some fun and they were happy. Whereas the third pig held a vision that was more centralized around sturdiness and strength. Again, not one better than the other. We're just observing to help you understand where choices come from and how we make choices to maybe elicit you to be a little more reflective in how you're making your choices today. A lot of times the ego wants to create a story. Okay. The ego loves drama and chaos because it takes the drama and the chaos often in the mind and creates a story like, oh, this third pig was smart. And the first two pigs they were not that smart they built houses of sticks and it didn't last very long but this pig worked really hard maybe even too hard and he didn't enjoy his life do you see how the stories can go based upon assumptions judgments ideas that really hold no value and they hold no truth so the ego loves a story so anytime you're witnessing that something is happening outside of you in front of you in your physical reality and you begin to create a story, that is really the ego. And the egoic mind loves to create a story. Ego-centered, ego-created drama that fuels an egocentric perception. Remember, we all have that ability to perceive. We refer to this as like an illusion because it's not real. It's based upon your own thoughts of what you're perceiving. And it's really... And it, and it really has its own energetic frequency and vibrancy. And so and th- this, this in some way creates more drama and it gets you out of your heart and your soul. An aspect of consciousness, these determinations or stories or beliefs around what is good or bad doesn't truly exist. That's what an illusion is. They don't truly exist. They're all based upon how you are perceiving and allowing the ego to create the story, it is only presenting the experience for the soul to learn love. So, so if you take um, if you take my example, my silly little example about not wanting to cook dinner, okay. If when my daughter said to me, "Mom, you're just kind of being lazy, and you don't really even want to cook," if I sat down and let my ego create a story. I would be like that girl she needs to learn some respect she doesn't need to be talking to me like that i can make any choices i want to i'm the mother here i get to decide okay i could have gone on and on about the story i could even held to my excuses if i wanted to and created more and more drama around that story when you step back and you let the heart and soul go hmm okay then you just laugh and there's so much peace and freedom It didn't matter what she said. She she actually was telling the truth and I could own the truth. And therefore there's a little bit of higher consciousness playing out here in this interaction because none of the words really mattered at the moment. Let's talk about the wolf. Again, we all have wolf experiences. So maybe it's a person that simply just frustrates you or again, irritates you in some way. Maybe they say something, maybe they do things that bug you. Maybe they're harsh, maybe they're mean, maybe they're non-committal. You know, we even have a lot of family members like this. So so getting around the holidays and and having to be around some of these family members during holidays that are like this. Maybe your wolf is is actually an experience that that cuts you off in some way, blows your house down. Maybe a disease or you lose a loved one or you lose your job or, It's weather-related kind of an accident or incident. The, The purpose here is that you understand we all have the wolf that comes to us by way of something that is meant to come into our life to help us learn love, to help us learn something about ourselves, another piece of wisdom or insight, and then helping us to get back to this loving place of peace and joy and freedom and happiness. Now, it's important to point out that each pig was really allowed self-expression. Okay, so each pig spoke to the wolf. Nobody kept them from speaking to the wolf. You need speak into your experiences, own your part, speak up for what you want or don't want. Each pig was allowed to choose how to build their house. That's a part of self-expression. Each pig was allowed to run away and go to the brother's house. They weren't, they weren't kept captive in some way. All three pigs worked together at that one point to get rid of the wolf. So again, there's this idea that they had self-expression to to be creative in their problem solving, because we have aspects of creativity within us, and when we can get past conditioning and get an open our shadow, our unconscious mind to be more conscious, then we allow for this creativity to come into our lives, and we can we can problem solve in a completely different way. I once heard that love will annihilate the story. And I really do believe that, that when we allow love, when we get centered into our heart, when we can feel the essence of our souls, then that's love. And love will annihilate the egocentric, ego-dramatized story that's being created. It's like it doesn't even exist. Or maybe it still sort of exists, but it's just doesn't, it has a lessening effect on, on how you are interpreting it and how it is affecting your life, or even if it's allowed to even come near your life. The heart and soul only know love. So when the ego creates drama, okay, around an experience by fueling the fire with the story, it cannot experience love. It's as if it's it's cut off from that. And we all know that when a fire starts to go out, it's got to be stoked, right? You have to add more to the fire to get it burning again and creating that heat. That heat is the drama around the story. More drama-filled storytelling will be needed to keep the ego satisfied. So it means that there's got to be more story to it. You got to keep adding more depth to it. You got to keep adding more parts to it. You got to keep it going and keep it going. Keep the fire stoked, which means the story is being told by the egoic mind over and over and over again. And each time it takes on an energetic frequency and a power within us. And we're actually giving our personal power away. We all have wolf in our lives. So how can this type of experience, you know, the one that you perceive as a threat to blow your house down, meaning take down yourself, actually awaken you? Well, for one thing, yourself doesn't go anywhere unless you basically allow it to, to be torn down, to be crushed, to be broken, because you are not broken. You have never been broken. You will never be broken. The soul cannot necessarily be broken. It is an aspect of you that resides within your heart and it carries you. And so simply by knowing that and, and, and connecting to that knowing within you awakens you, okay? Now, sometimes that's hard to do because we get really locked in our ego stories and the drama playing out in the physical reality in front of us. So how can anything that's really kind of annoying or scary or frustrating or that pisses you off How can it wake you from this, what we call slumber? We get into with the unconscious behavior of numbing and not feeling. Only one thing wakes you up engage the emotion you are running from. So, whenever we do things that distract us, okay, that create the ego mind to create the story, we are running from something. And every single time, what we're running from is the emotions. Emotions, let's be honest, they're scary, they're challenging, they're exhausting, they're frightening sometimes, especially those of us who have not felt the emotions when they do come, we've bypassed them, okay, because it kind of is easier to run from them, bypass them, numb, dismiss, distract, and it doesn't, but the the thing is, is it may appear, again, this is my perception, it may appear like it's working for you, may appear like it's serving you to do this numbing and bypassing, dismissing, but in the long run, the sustainability for your happiness and your joy and your freedom doesn't serve you. This is how we face our truth. Okay? So the F word today is all about facing our truth. Face the emotion that holds us locked in behaviors and actions that no longer serve. Face the emotions. Instead of giving your emotions an action or a behavior, right, which is, which is known as denial or projection, where like instead of talking about the emotion and owning it and just kind of sitting with it, we end up giving it an action and we start projecting it out to other people by way of what we say or what we do. What if you gave that emotion and a voice instead? What if you gave that emotion a voice, a vulnerability, and you just owned it? What if you gave it the opportunity to come out? What if you set an intention about that emotion for it to just be transmuted? So once you feel something and you say, hmm, I don't know, this kind of feels like, and you claim the emotion and you you allow it to just sort of surface through you for a moment, yeah, it might give you a stomach ache or some heartburn or a headache, but it can you can set the intention, okay, that it can be transmuted, changed because energy can change, energy can be morphed. It doesn't ever go away, but it can be something big can can be carried out into the universe as something small. What if you gave it some conscious awareness instead of an unconscious awareness? What if you just consciously was like, hmm? I think that I'm feeling, okay, because you are not your emotions, you feel them, you experience them. So what if you gave it a conscious awareness and just brought it out into the open so that it can take on a new energetic frequency or a new vibration. And then you're not holding on to it in an unconscious way and then projecting out onto other people. So by way of giving our emotions a voice, We really are elevating our life and choosing joy, peace, and freedom over anything else. Now, come on. I'm I'm very well aware of emotions that have been hidden in us for quite some time. I understand that. Self-attack is a powerful behavior, right? So utilizing this, this emotion that's hidden within us to where our ego can create stories around Why we need to dismiss it, or why we need to numb, or why we're acting in the way that we're acting serves our ego tendency to control. And this keeps us perceiving that we're safe and that we're in a form of safety. Yet it's not true because, again, you're operating from something unconsciously versus operating from a conscious mind. If I attack myself with negative and toxic narratives or even toxic behaviors, like too much or too little of something, okay? I don't have to feel the emotion. And I get that because it's challenging and it's scary, but not feeling can feel sometimes very intoxicating, thrilling and pleasurable. And this is where we have to face our truth because sometimes we have conditioned ourselves that not feeling is just pleasurable and comfortable and it feels good. I used to do this. I would walk around and I'd smile and I'd laugh and I'd joke. And there was a time in my life where I was numbing with drinking and too much shopping and and even too much exercise, like hyper focus on, I got to get this done every day. I cannot have a day off. Anything to not feel the things that I was experiencing and did not want to address. I did not want to give my emotions a voice. In the last few years, I have started to give my emotions a voice, and I have allowed them to come out. I've given them that opportunity. I have sat with them in a very vulnerable way. I've owned them. I've become very consciously aware of the feeling and how it feels in my body, and and I've named it, and I've allowed it to take on a different energy. I've set the intention that, hey, I'm releasing this for the good of humanity. I'm releasing this for love. I'm releasing this to be transmuted into something that can be for good because it's just an energy in your body. I have felt shame for the first time ever betrayal. I have felt disappointment. I have felt grief and loathing. These are just really a few feeling these emotions was literally sometimes crippling and not a lot of fun. I'm going to be honest. Engaging the emotions sometimes may not be fun, especially if you've spent a lot of years shoving it into a shadow, not consciously aware of it and numbing and dismissing and bypassing. And yet today I sit here with you telling this story and saying, I have more peace and calm and joy and freedom than I really ever really thought was possible. And so my whole point of this talk with you today is facing who you are means facing the feelings and the emotions that come, that surface, and and trying that when they come, it feels like the wolf is trying to blow your house down. We have created illusions around not feeling. And the thing I want you to know today is you are stronger than you believe. You are more courageous than you think. Engage the emotion. Get curious about it. Hmm, I think I'm experiencing betrayal. I think this really feels like betrayal. Just name an emotion. I wonder where this comes from. Get curious. What does this this emotion want me to, to know about myself or to know about an experience? What does it want me to choose? Let the emotion instruct you, offer you wisdom and insight. That's what the emotion is there for. It's an energy that comes in to say, wait a minute, there's something here we got to pay attention to. Each time I worked through emotions, there was a narrative or a story around it. And when I allowed, okay, the emotion to be engaged to give it a voice. It could tell me the story. So there's this one time a story came surfacing with an emotion of humiliation. And I just started to feel this humiliation. And I was looking around and there wasn't really anything in my physical reality at that moment that would have created the feeling of humiliation. So I kind of sat with it for a moment and I all of a sudden remembered the story when I was about seven or eight, I was in second grade in the Catholic school and we were getting our first communion and you know how you wear pretty dresses and you want to look really pretty. And, and so um, I remember my, the memory is of me in the church. Okay. Just about to go up front and actually receive first communion. And I had on this long green dress. It had ruffle, you know, um, around the arms and a ruffle around the bottom. And, and I was so proud to wear it. Um, and all of a sudden, I remembered that I had my bloomer pajama bottoms. Now I know I'm d- totally dating myself here because who wears those now? But they were pajama bottoms that sort of felt like, I don't know, they were called bloomers. And you wore a little tank top with it. And, the, and they were just like almost like underwear, but it was bigger. And it just kind of was roughly, and all of a sudden I remembered, oh my God, I have these on underneath the dress. And I felt such humiliation because here we are in this beautiful ceremony inside of a church and, and everyone's going up front and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they're so going to know they're going to totally pay attention. They're going to see that my dress kind of goes out funky in this area. And I remember, I remembered the story around Humiliation. And when I could allow the emotion to be engaged and give it a voice, then that story could come into my awareness. And then I could offer forgiveness for judging that seven-year-old for being so whacked out that she wore bloomer pajamas to her first communion under her dress. And then I could engage the emotion, right? Allow it to surface and transmute, be transmuted, and then the story could be renewed. So now I can tell the story and be like, oh, you're not going to believe what I did when I was seven. I wore my pajama bottoms to my first communion, and I could laugh about the silliness of it and, and then forget about the pajama bottoms. And the humiliation doesn't exist anymore, it's filled with fun and laughter. Engage your emotions. Give them a voice. That's really what it means to face the wolf. I have loved being with you today. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you all the best. Believe me. Believe me. You have courage. You have strength. You are so worthy and so deserving. I love you. Peace out, my friends. First of all, thank you so much for being here with us in this moment and today If you enjoyed the show, leave a comment and a rating. We would really appreciate it. Or email me at christy at christypeck.com. We love to hear your insights and your wisdom. If you have any questions about today's show, we provide for you the show notes. You can always email me at christy at christypeck.com or this really other cool feature on Anchor. If you're listening on Anchor app, you can leave a voice comment or question. Our intention has always been to provide a sacred space for inspiration, story sharing, inner wisdom, divine intelligence, and celebration. We want to alchemize a movement for love and authenticity and we believe the world will rise to meet the calling. In addition to this show, there are additional ways to get the help and support you may be looking for to live in peace, joy, and freedom. Please check out my website, www.christypeck.com for the many ways to work with me. I am always available by christy at christypeck.com. Email me and I will help you get the resources that you need. Remember who you are, live the liminal, fiercely love you and your life, and choose peace, joy, and freedom every day.